2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the pregame show here on Roto Grinders for Wednesday. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. If you're just piling into the chat room, get ready to ask me some questions. Uh, this is a very interactive show. Uh, if you guys post some things, I'll try to get uh, basically regarding things on on last night plays from last night, and then as we move towards the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, about what's happening on tonight's slate, too. But the first thing I want to jump into uh, today, I think it's pretty interesting, uh, is just some of the ownership from last night uh, across the landscape. And we had a couple of big busts last night. All right, you look at this, you see Malik Monk, 50% owned across the landscape. Now a lot of that's uh, in the cash games. But across the tournaments, 41, 42, 33, Huge bust. Uh, You look at Terry Rozier, same sort of thing. 30-plus percent ownership across the main GPPs. The two highest-owned players of the day. All right, so let's kind of talk through this, why this happened. Because uh, Devontae Graham was out, and he's been shooting pretty bad. They wanted to give him some rest. However, right, and I think this is something we need to note going forward on Charlotte, These dudes just suck. Uh, They're not good fantasy players. They play ultra slow. The team doesn't score any points anymore. It's just a a bad, bad situation for Charlotte overall, I think. And, well, I I think these guys both underperformed. Rozier has been horrible. Um, You know, he hasn't had a good game in a long time pretty much. And, And Monk has been hot, and I understand sort of why, he, he was popular because he's been playing well and in theory, right, he was good. But when these guys start drawing enormous ownerships on the slow team that stinks against a good defensive team, right? I think in theory, right, like in cash games, I understand it, right? Everybody's be, going to be playing on. And if you're wrong, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot in cash games. So I understood that I played them both in cash teams my cash team sucked last night. So I took it on the chin last night. It was doing pretty good after the all-star break, but you can't win them all. And last night was that spot for me. So um, my cash game team sort of stunk. I played a couple of tournament entries. Those didn't turn out too hot either. But when these guys from Charlotte, I think if, if this ever happens moving forward, you've got to think about it. The, the team just stinks. The They play slow And last night specifically, right, uh, against the Pacers, it was just a a good defensive team. I think in theory we should have, you know, maybe got away from them a little bit in tournaments, sort of looking back on it. And, uh, you know, we could look across what some of the pros did. I I scrolled through, this is the big big 100K to first tournament on, on DraftKings. And if you go to the entries and you look at who placed in, like, the top 50, I think it's pretty easy to see what happened here. Basically, there's no pros in the top 50 is kind of what I'm getting at because almost all of them that I looked at basically went all in. And I think this is just – I think in theory, both myself and I think a lot of the other good players, I think we played this wrong. We were searching for value. There was no value out there, right? So we're like, we got to jam these guys in. And I think on most nights if we had that – that guaranteed eight point per dollar player, right? Like we, we've got one of those tonight and Jacob Hodel. I don't think the, the ownership of Charlotte would have gotten up so high, but we were searching for it. And what that tends to do is we just have, we have to reach on things that we don't really want. And you can basically see uh, across all the guys I look at almost every single day on results DB, they just jammed in at least Malik Monk, Um, Even Brick, 75, this guy's the winner, right? He played 150, he won too. And I think it's pretty easy to see why he possibly won because he had almost no Malik Monk uh, when he was the highest owned player on the field. But I think we just, I think we outsmarted ourselves last night. Um, Again, going back to cash, I think it was fine. But in tournaments, going forward, right, when these Charlotte players get enormous ownership and it's a reasonably big slate, I just think you have to give yourself a little bit of a pause uh, on these type of players. So uh, I wanted to start off uh, on the top with that. If you guys have any thoughts right? I see a couple of you. one of you had zero, both still didn't win. Uh, a couple of you guys had a rough a rough matchup, right? and you, you know uh, with Indiana, and they still didn't get to play. Uh, I, like it, it's okay to to not play these guys and I think that was a, a fine move. Uh, looking back on it and I think the field probably just got a, a little overzealous because we were all reaching for value that it was a little bit uh, of a reach by the entire crowd so uh, with that said at the top guys uh, welcome to the pregame show uh, a couple of things I want to talk to you going on here roto grinders real quick uh, of course we got that sharp side promotion right so if you're ever on sharp side right we got that streak going if you get five or more You start getting paid some money, uh, download the app, your iOS, Android. It's free to play. Start locking in your bets of the day. I haven't looked at any of those or made any bets, so I can't help you out with that. But it's an easy way to get some free money from uh, Roto-Grinders and FanDuel. Uh, If you watch the later shows, they'll have some locks for you on those. And uh, have some fun with that sports betting. Uh, It's always going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, So why not start having some fun for free on the SharpSide app and have a chance to win some money in the meantime, on that. Uh, So what do you guys think? I see a couple of you, a couple of you guys stop, stick to your gut and stop messing around with guys like Malik Monk, right? I think that's pretty good. And uh conscious machine, Dennis Smith, right? Yes, that was a great move because he, we know he is a good fantasy point producer when he's on the floor. There were no actual point guards. So like that Dennis Smith, he deserved, I think the ownership that he got where last night when we didn't have, uh, Dennis Smith was also minimum price, right? So it hurts a lot less when the minimum price player. Um, you know, we got to jam him into lineups, but these guys were like four, four nine, five K, right? And we're just jamming them in because Devonte Graham, who's who's been stinking anyway, and these guys haven't even been playing that great, and a tough matchup. I think we just outsmarted ourselves a little bit. So uh, I wanted to go on that. Uh, a couple of other things I noticed is I want to talk about. I mentioned this. In uh, you know, to a couple of people I talk with every single day, I talk to Mangone and Meansy and a couple of those guys, and it sort of relates to some late swap and it relates to a couple of low owned plays. So, I'm gonna go to Brick 75's overall ownership, and we're gonna there's some really precarious things that sort of what the pros did regarding late swap and here's how you can take advantage of it right because you can see the field in theory right this didn't work on john henson brick 75 50 ownership while the fields at seven percent just 14 fantasy points but it is extremely clear that both brick and squirrel patrol these guys late swapped on draft kings last night um as soon as bruce brown got out These are extreme high leverage spots for you to be able to take advantage of versus the field. So you can see Brick went to John Henson, as did Squirrel Patrol. You can see they both went to Spi and had well over the field ownership on that. Uh, So those were a couple of guys you could have had, uh, you know, a, a, a theoretical late swap advantage. Neither one worked. But I think, in theory, both of those were good plays. And you see, two what I would consider pretty good players make those swaps. You see Mr. Good seats as well. I can pretty much imagine he did some late swapping, too, to, to get this type of ownership on on John Henson. The one I was really interested in, right? And nobody nobody played this dude. So let's go scrolling down. We're looking for value, right? We're jamming in Monk. We're, we're jamming in Rozier. <laughs> Guys, play along. Who, who do you think I'm going to talk about next? Who's a guy that nobody played, that definitely performed well, the game before he also performed well, and we got some news that a certain player was probably going to be on some form of a, a minute's limit. So well, you guys try to guess who it is here because I'm going to see if anyone else was on, on sort of a guy I was. Now the rest of my lineups were straight garbage, right? I had too much Monk. I had too much Rosier, so it didn't really work out. But let me let me see if any of you guys can grab this. We're gonna stay. I'm gonna give you him. We're gonna stay on the Pistons. We're gonna stay on the Pistons. This this might make it a little bit easier. So uh, I'll I'll go back to that in a second. I'm gonna start scrolling down, and we're gonna to try to find the dude I was talking about. I'm still scrolling. We're down in the five percents. We're down in the three percents. We're down in the one percents. I think he's down here. Here he is, Brandon Knight, right? So we got word that uh, Derek Rose, there's a couple of things going on here. Uh, There was a a, a report that Rose is basically going to be on a minute's limit, moving forward something like 25, 28 minutes. And let me move a couple of things out of the way here, and I want to go over on Court IQ what was sort of happening here. So let's go. To let's find the Detroit game. And we're not going to look at last night. We're going to look at the game before. And Brandon Knight was basically the direct substitute for Derek Rose. Um, you can sort of see that if you follow, if you follow the trends, you can see Knight is the exact substitute for Rose. And you can see their minutes add up to exactly 48. So if there was a trend where Derek Rose was going to maybe play 25 to 28 minutes a game and basically never get over that. Uh, Brandon Knight was someone I was talking about in my chat. I used him on a couple of my tournament teams. Unfortunately, like I said, those teams were just utter trash to begin with, uh, with a couple of those Charlotte players. But it sort of played out, uh, I think, yesterday. Now, I didn't actually look at this yet. You can see they overlapped a very small amount um, but you saw Rose, right? He gets off to a horrible start, and they go right to Brandon Knight. Uh, Knight kind of closes out, too, as well. He was on the on the floor with with some of the starters here to, to close out the, the game. And Knight and Rose, right, I think Knight was a, a pretty reasonable play. Uh, I was doing a coaching session as well, and I, I talked to my student on that as well. And I, I just thought Knight was a reasonable play tournament play when it came down to it. I think it was 3K, the dead minimum. And on the night, right, we're searching. We need the 3K. We need that $3,300 dude that can get us 20 fantasy points so that we can get in Giannis and we can get in LeBron. And we didn't have one of that on the surface. The group think takes over. The projections take over on whatever site you use. And just Brandon Knight wasn't getting enough minutes, and I don't think his fantasy point potential was – was known by most of the players here. One person, uh, I think Squirrel Patrol, right, once that Bruce Brown news, I, I can guarantee you Squirrel Patrol was in their late swap, and he got himself up to 12%, and I thought that was a good move, and I think Knight was someone you could have played on just about any tournament team and and had yourself a reasonable expectation for value. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that with some late swap that's pretty clear that the pros did. And I gotta be, I was even looking at night before all the Bruce Brown news was out. And once that, I think he was a a pretty, pretty good, um, you know, swerve on things like that. Uh, I want to go now. I always like to look at the winning lineup, right? That's something you guys can do pretty easy, right? So if you're, if you're messing around in results DB yourself, find a couple of players, look at how they play every single night. These are sort of the guys I look at. Um, I also like to look at the winning lineups, right? So let's see what one. And if you've been watching my shows, you know I always kind of talk about you got to have a couple of low-owned guys in these large field tournaments to sort of boost yourself up. And lo and behold, right? Let's let's start going through a couple of these top lineups. You can see, you know, Kobe White was a, another good swerve. He was just a little bit more than Monk and Rosier. Half his own. He's been shooting lights out. It is no surprise to me that Kobe White ends up in this particular lineup here. So, uh, a great pick by him is a swerve off some of the chalkier plays. Jalen Brown, but the plays that really got him there, right? Justin Holiday, uh, after Oladipa was out, maybe he was going to get a little bit of extra run. That play worked out for him. Uh, I think maybe a little bit of blowout time as well helped him out there. Um, so, if you're playing, if you're playing Rosier and you're playing Monk, right? You know, and that game gets into a blow, maybe Holiday is a good play. So I really like that move. You've got some of the chalk, Davis, Turner, LeBron. I don't typically play LeBron and Davis in the same lineup, and if I did, I I probably would have played uh, a guy like um, Brandon Ingram in this lineup. I think that would make a lot more sense if you were playing both of them. But, hey, I didn't win $100,000 last night, so who am I – to, to talk down on this lineup, right? He played Danny Green as well, who's been, you know, getting hot, even though he went to the locker room at thirty three hundred thirty six 36 from him, right? A couple of these low-owned guys specifically, right? No, someone's talking about Danny Green. Um, let's go here. Watch this. I'm going to go back in time. Watch this. I don't even know if you guys know you can do this. I'm going back in time on lineup HQ. You ready? Let's take a look at Danny Green from last night, all right? So let's go find. Danny green, and he was 3,300. And so green is one of these interesting players that can have a spike night, right? And he's going up against the Pelicans who are an up and pace team and green can get some blocks and steals, right? So he's someone, if you're just making a single entry, I think it's a lot tougher to click Danny green, right? But if you're playing 150 lineups, um, I, I think I would have played. I definitely with three Lakers, I would have ran it back, you know, or at least attempted to try in uh, lineup HQ or whatever optimizer, right. To get some Pelicans exposure if I'm playing three Lakers, but it's not the worst play in the world. Him, Avery Bradley, KCP, you never want to play all of those guys in the same lineup. All right. Bradley, he's been seeing his minutes jump up. His minutes went down a little bit last night he can have a couple, a spike game, right? And if you just give yourself, you know, a one to 2% allotment on these guys throughout your exposures, you know, one of them's probably going to have a good game. It's, it's tough to pick which, which one, but these are players, if you're making 150, you don't mind having 2% of Bradley, 2% of Green, 2% of KCP. Don't play them all in the same lineup, right? Because if one of them's hot, the other two probably aren't doing too well. But I think it's pretty interesting, and it obviously worked out here for, for JMC, the winner here. And they come in at low ownership. These are pretty interesting, you know, low on plays mixed in with some reasonable chalk and then fading what I, I think were pretty easily bustable players of, of Monk and Rozier. So this is like a great lineup. It wins $100,000, and, and hat tip to him. I think he made a pretty good team here. Uh, you go to a call. This, all right. Guys, two entries, right? Two entries. Let's see the stones B. Willie has on his two entries, right? And I think he's got some big stones here, right? So he played. Oh, look at this. Who who did I talk about? Brandon Knight. So he, I don't know if he swerved to that or he recognized it or he just needed a 3K play, but hat tip uh, to B. Willie for sort of being on the same page as me in tournaments. Uh, Brandon Knight looks like a good one. Kobe White, big game. Uh, Jason Tatum's been crushing. Big game. Sabonis, right? This was an excellent play. Everyone was playing Turner. Oladipo's out. Sabonis has had some pretty big games with Oladipo gone earlier in the season. Nobody's on him. Huge night from Sabonis. Uh, Steven Adams. There's no way he, Steven Adams can keep posting 40 fantasy point games, right? Guess what? He, he does it again. So Steven Adams, low on. He played KCP and Danny Green. Now, right? I, wouldn't, I don't think I would ever do that. So I don't know about this. But again, he probably won twenty five thousand dollars, and I didn't, so I can't really knock it. I, I don't think if I was making a hand built lineup, I could do that, and I would certainly set a rule in lineup HQ. If I was mmeing, right, I wouldn't have those guys in the same lineup. And then he played Anthony Davis as well. So it's interesting, right? Three Lakers, three Lakers, and no Pelicans players. Even though uh, you know a couple of those guys had pretty nice games. Uh, let's go to the next one. Daddy Chino again, one entry. So you can, you can win these with one entry. And I don't think this is the most, you know, he's got some low ownership and I think there are, you know, one maybe questionable play, but I think this is pretty reasonable. White McCollum, right. Then he plays KCP and LeBron. Uh, I think that was a pretty good one. He played Melly who has been shooting pretty well. And, you know, I think the price was high. I don't know if I would have played Melly as my bring it back on the Pelicans. But, you know, again, he won. So who am I to sort of blame on this one? He played Turner. If you didn't have Turner, it was a rough night right from the get-go. Uh, LeBron was great. Tatum was great. Jeremy Grant, again, he was. He, was, he would have probably been the guy I, I was least interested in in this entire lineup. I think you could have made a case for Melly or – our KCP grant got there low own low ownership and and what you sort of see every now and then, you know, basically through all these lineups and I go over them every time I do the show, pretty much everyone at the top has a couple of these one to 10% on players that have reasonably good nights. And you just have to do that when you're playing these hundred K to first large field tournaments, you have to make some guy, click on a couple guys that, you know, the field isn't in order to win a lot of these. So you can just go through all that. Um, The last thing I want to talk about, if you guys have any questions, right? I'm doing a lot of talking. Anything about last night's slate while I'm still on it, send me some messages on the YouTube chat. While you're at it, click the like button. Let us know you you like the show over here, uh, and we would appreciate that as well. The last thing I want to talk about, though, is I want to talk about Danilo Gallinari. So, and we're going to sort of take a look at exactly what smart people were doing here. Uh, uh, no bones. I'll go back to that one in a second, right? Sometimes the lineups last night, right? If you didn't have Monk and Rozier, you're probably doing some weird stuff to win, right? Because just so many people are on that. The last thing I want to talk about, right, is Gallinari. And you could see the smart people, 20%, right? Gallinari, 50% in cash. I played Gallo in cash. I think he was an amazing cash play at his price tag. I was really sweating it out in tournaments, right? Because he goes berserk in that first quarter and does nothing for the rest of the game. The most Gallinari game of Gallinari, right? So what you see here is the best players. I think when you're mmeing, you can sort of look at the the big 100K uh, to first MME lineup, right? Gallinari is much lower owned here than he is in some of the smaller stakes stuff. And I think... Right. let's let's go back in time and line up hQ let's find Gallinari. Um, where's OKC? and let's let's take a look at gallinari's tournaments last night 33 18 24 37 all right 37 all right maybe maybe that can win you a tournament 32 he was 6100 last night 32. 37, again, maybe, just maybe you're getting there. Maybe. There's just, all right, a couple of 40s. I don't know if people were out in here, right? He was having a little bit of a hot streak. We're going back a, a little while ago. But the, the the Gallinari dude, right, a player like Gallinari. Um, when I was doing my coaching session and in my own personal tournaments, this this type of player who is very likely to get you 25 to 35, but is unlikely to get you 45. These, these guys almost don't exist to me in tournaments. So when I see 19 percent of the field on Gallinari, right, um I'm licking my lips because there's you know 19 percent of the field has almost no chance to win in my opinion. If you go to the ownership of the smart players, I, I haven't looked at this, but the the winner, right, again. Maybe I got to look at Jam. He puts the hard fade on Malik Monk. This dude was just on the nuts of fading all the right players. The hard fade on Gallinari last night. Um, some of the pros were all just a little bit. None of them had egregiously overweight Gallinari. Um, but I would have, I would have had less Gallinari for sure if I was to to one fifty. This these type of players just just don't get there enough. And at 6K, if he's like 5,200, right, he's a little bit different. But once you approach that 6K, I got to know, hey, I got 45 fantasy points in me for a tournament. And, you know, the Gallinari player just, I think this was a bad play. And I'm actually pretty surprised of what I would consider sharp players. I think this was more optimizers putting in this guy because small forward was, was pretty weak and you just sort of landed on it. So I understand it, but I would have, um, you know, specifically been underweight or, um, I I don't know, I think you could have probably even X'd him out like the winner did, right? So like, look at these fades, right? You fade Malik Monk, you fade Gallinari, who doesn't have the upside. I mean, this is, he's looking like he's got himself a nice little player pool here. A couple of you guys wanted me to look at, let's see here, the 50K and one. So I've got the and one. I can go get it. Let's go look at the and one. I like looking back at stuff almost more than looking at tonight this this early. Uh, let's see. the And one, let's pull this up. One entry. Let's take a look at this one. So here's where right now you guys said it's deplorable. Don't hate dudes. He won and you didn't. So I don't know. You can ever call a winning lineup deplorable. Uh, I would never. I don't think I'd ever do that. The guys who bash the million, I do the millionaire maker review, right? Um, if you win and I think it's a bad lineup, I'm certainly not going to bash it because the dude just won a million dollars and I didn't. So I don't think there's ever a bad winning lineup. So he played Kobe White. I like that play. He played Jalen Brown. Again, I think that was another pretty good play. He played Jason Tatum. I think that was a pretty good play. He played Rondae Hollis Jefferson, who, all right, so you you maybe you think that's a bad play. But, right, it's not. You know he has the ability to have some good fantasy games. Uh, yeah, I, I what was his price last night? Thirty nine hundred. And we also had uh, McCall was out, so maybe I don't know. I'm trying to get into his head. Was he clicking buttons? Right? Maybe he thought with McCaw out, Rondé Hollis Jefferson could have been a reasonable play there, and he gets there um, with twenty three fantasy points. He plays a bonus. I think that was an, an amazing leverage playoff. Miles Turner um, and someone that was going to be low ownership that has a high ceiling. Zach Levine we know he has a monster ceiling low ownership so when you get these monster ceiling guys at low ownership I mean I am never going to knock a lineup that has somebody like that in it he played Danny Green who I thought was you know I already talked. I thought Green was a fine one off last piece in your lineup now Green obviously overperformed but you're going to need you're going to need a guy to overperform to win a tournament and Green has the ability through blocks and steals, and he can hit some threes, which are important on DraftKings, to get there. And then he mixes in Jeremy Grant, who I didn't think Grant was an amazing play. He was 3,700. He got there. Grant was probably the reason I think he ended up winning this this tournament. But who's out here? Who's out here trashing this lineup? I don't think it's a bad lineup at all. Maybe Jeremy Grant. I, I don't think he would have been in my player pool But, man, everybody else I think you could have made a case for on this lineup. He won. We didn't. Uh, Let's not trash his lineup. It it ended up being pretty good in my opinion. So um, what else you guys got? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, So no bones about it. Uh, On most nights, uh, most of the 6K players are no good for tournaments. Not many guys priced in that range get the 40 three from last night were Galinari, Ibaka and Carmelo. I would say Ibaka was Ibaka can definitely get there. He has like the 45 much more in his range than I think Galinari and Carmelo, he's another one. He can get there especially with uh with Lillard out. I think he can get there. But Galinari, he just I don't know. I don't like Galinari basically at all. Um sure, guys. Guys, of course he probably got lucky, right? But I don't think this is a horrific lineup. I think every play but probably Jeremy Grant, I think I could have played on this one. Um, You guys got any more questions on last night before I start talking about tonight a little bit? Because tonight we do have that. Got to have automatic value, um, you know, and a couple of the Spurs guys. So we can move to that. If you guys want to chat anything about last night, right, we can do that. And don't forget, I don't even know if a lot of people know this. On Lineup HQ, if you click on the slate, if you just want to sort of look at some things, there's a little date here. You can you can go back and you can make some teams and, and you can go back in time, right, and you can have some fun in Lineup HQ. So, uh, yeah. again, that's a fun little feature most of you might not even know about. Uh, all right, I'm going to move to tonight. It doesn't look like you guys have too many questions in, in the chat. Uh, don't forget, while you're over on the YouTube, click the Like button. Uh, let us know behind the scenes that we're, we're doing a good job over here. Uh, all right, so let's go talk about tonight. And I, I guess I'll go right to the Spurs because the Spurs, we got the news on Aldridge at about 5 o'clock, something like that, last night. And by then, the site's pricing algorithms, or at least DraftKings, right, it's already churning, and you can't stop the runaway train, and it was not able to adjust to LaMarcus Aldridge out. So we have a guy like Jacob Podal tonight who's 3,200, who multiple times this season. Let me, let me, I'm going to pull up something on my other screen here. Let's see here. Let's go to um, P O E L T L. Oh, help if I could spell over here, guys. P O E L T L with and without. Aldrich. Let's see here. 2019 DK. Not, not getting what I want. What, I, what I'm basically saying is his minutes are going to go through the roof. We've got them for 30 minutes tonight at a 10.5 alert, 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 right guys? 10.5. When you get these guys, and it's against Dallas, right? This is going to be a pretty high-scoring game that should be close. Uh, how I approach Jake Capodal tonight would be the lock button in tournaments. I would play hundred percent of him, and I would imagine, based off a lot of the things I look at in results DB, all of the good players, you know, that you would consider good, that uh, I sort of look at every now and then. I don't have them pulled up, but they're going to lock in him. He's just he's too good of a value. He's thirty two hundred. So even if he gets like, even if he gets twenty one fantasy points tonight, he's going to be in like the winning lineups and tournaments because so many people are owning him. Uh, I, I would be much more inclined to to be the seventy percent with him than the thirty percent that try not to play him. So a guy like podol is someone I would I would I would lock into my my tournament stuff. And yes, yeah, so a very nice. Very nice ownership, um, Mr. Jacob Podol. Uh, A couple of the other guys are interesting, right? So DeRozan, he's had some good games. Uh, If I go, let's go to Court IQ. We'll get out of results DB over here. Let's have some fun. So Court IQ, I'm sure someone's done this recently. They haven't. So let's find the Spurs. Uh, Let's see. Who do we got to take off the court? Aldridge, I think that's about it, right? I think so. We'll take Aldridge out and let's just sort of see the the plus minuses of fantasy points. So, you know, you can see DeRozan getting almost five fantasy points more per 36 minutes and an increase in usage, an increase in scoring, right? He's one of the more uh, locked players as well, I think, tonight. So if he's normally scoring, uh, what is he on DraftKings? Let's find him, He's 7K, but if he's normally scoring... 39 fantasy points a game. I think basically you can give him 45 to almost start off the night. And we've got him at 43. Hey, maybe that's even a little bit low, right? So he's another player, I would have almost no problem taking a very strong stand on of of playing him. Uh, I don't know if I'd play 100%, but being at like 80% on a player like him tonight is is something that sounds pretty reasonable to me. So uh, I really like those two. You can mix in, you know, Trey Lyles, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills. If you look at Court IQ, it looks like Patty Mills really benefits without Aldridge. Rudy Gay's out here doing some things too. So I would probably – basically you know if you have a lot of podal and DeRozan i probably wouldn't allow more than one more spurs player i sort of cap at 3 players per team it's just even no matter what the value it's really tough for like 4 or 5 guys to get there so i don't think i'd be playing too many more spurs right but i think you can have up to 3 spurs in a lineup tonight and uh, expect to do well if you are playing for an overtime game of course you can play more than that um, just try to get the guys that will be on the floor uh, at the end of the game closing and playing overtime. Uh, unless you're specifically making the overtime lineup, uh, I don't think I'd go more than three Spurs tonight. So that's where a lot of the ownership is. And and a couple of guys, I, I don't even know if it's worth discussing swerves off of them, maybe on DeRozan. So let's see if you wanted to fade DeRozan, who are we playing? So we shooting guard and small forward. So here's how you – here's at least how I sort of look at this ahead of time. I've got DeRozan, 7K. The first thing I notice is the next shooting guard slash power, small forward is at least 400 more, right? So it's like he's sort of in his own no-man's land. There's no one 71, there's no one 6,900. The next guy is Timmy Hardaway Jr., right, who we're not going to play with everybody healthy. Uh, you've got Jalen Brown, who's pretty interesting, right? Um, going up against Utah, he's a little cheaper. Uh, the ownership's going to be – DeRozan might even creep up a little bit more than that, depending. But 4-1, to one. is DeRozan going to outscore Jalen Brown four out of five times on this particular slate? I would say no, uh, you know, specifically with the $300 price discount. Brown is three straight games uh, being ultra consistent in the the high 30s, You know, not shooting unsustainably hot in a couple of these. One game he shot 60%. He's taken threes. Nothing really stands out that Jalen Brown is overperforming in these games. So he has the ability to have a little bit of a ceiling game. So I think one of the swerves, I don't know if I'd be making it this early in the day, but you could take a look at Jalen Brown specifically over DeRozan at um, you know, a quarter of the ownership. I think that makes a reasonably strong play. There's just nobody, right. It's DeRozan and it's Jalen Brown. So if you're mmeing, or if you're just hand building, you're going to land on one of these two guys. It, it's, it's pretty obvious to me as, as we look at this. So, uh, you know, if you're trying to play a little bit of an ownership game, I would not play that with uh Podal, but I think in theory, you can make a reasonable swerve with a guy like Jalen Brown or something like that. Uh, Let's take a look at a couple other guys that might grab some ownership tonight. Let's see. I only looked at this for a little bit. Uh, so Luca is just mind-numbingly low price 10 threes. He's basically a, an 11-plus K player. No matter what to me, going up against the Spurs, I'm expecting him to bounce right back. Right? He, had a, he was hurt a little bit in this game. Only played 25 minutes. Uh, not really concerned at all. I'm expecting him to jump right back up into the high 50s, low 60 fantasy points. Um, you could swerve off of him, but he he looks like one of the better uh, high-priced plays in the night, right? You want to play him or Westbrook for a little bit less, or Trey Young? So this is this is pretty interesting. If everyone's going to go to Luca, um, I, I would imagine Trey's ownership probably drops a little bit throughout the day, and Westbrook's maybe goes up a little bit. Uh, so like Trey Young at sub ten percent is always an interesting guy, right? Because he has these 50s, he has the 70s. And while he's more likely to get the high 40s or low 50s, he can just go off. It's the tough matchup against Orlando. Last time he played Orlando, 43 fantasy points, right? There's, you know, no one's really going to play him. So you could certainly play, when you get these stud players, right? Go back to earlier in the show, right? What did we look at? The guys who played the low-owned studs, Sabonis, Zach Levine, Uh, A couple other guys, right? The low-owned studs that have big games is one of the quickest ways to get an advantage over the field. And Trey Young certainly has the ability to hit 70 any single night. Uh, So he's someone I'm – I mean, I'm probably going to play Luca over Trey Young. I think everybody's going to. So take a look at somebody like that. Um, Yeah, Maxwell, right, play Trey every time he's under 10%. I I agree with that. Don't play Trey when he's like 35%. But when he's 10%, you know, if you have 20% or play him in a single entry, I think that's a a pretty good one. Uh, Let's see here. I'm going to scroll back through some of your comments. Shoot me comments, guys. Uh, I'll interact. You got, I don't know, 10 minutes left I'll give you on this one. So if you got any thoughts, uh, let me know in the YouTube. Uh, Real quick, let's go back and take a look at a couple other guys that are going to be highly on. Uh, We have another, like the Potal. Dario Saric, all right, so Dario Saric, Uh, do we want to play him? Probably not generally, but we've got Kelly Oubre out tonight, and as you can see, we've boosted Saric from his, you know, 19, 4, and 16 minutes he's been playing up to 25 minutes tonight to basically play the Kelly Oubre minutes. So just imagine, right, if you play Podal and you play Saric, I'm going to lock in a couple of teams you're just going to get some really stars and scrubs these lineups, right? Luca, Richardson, Prince, get out of here. Torian Prince, uh, consider him the Danilo Gallinari, but of the four, the forty five hundred dollar player. Get him out. Get him out of here. Boom. I, I, I'm not agreeing with Torian Prince today. Uh, you've got Dang, Harden, DeRozan, right? It's just min-maxing all your lineups. These are going to be some really popular builds because if Saric and Podal hit, right? your star scrubs team start to look really good. So don't just jam in all the chalk around them. Maybe this is the lineup where instead of Luca, you try to get Trey in, Um, you know, make sure if you're playing the large field tournaments, you have some form of low ownership mixed in. You will see it night in night out. You got to have it to get into the top 10. um, You know, when you're making your large field teams here, Uh, let's see here. A couple of you guys. Why is everyone on Luca so much? Well, because Luca's freaking amazing. I mean, he is – let me pull him up here. Let me get him out of the lineup. Uh, When fully healthy, right, we saw, right, right before the break, he comes back against Orlando. Orlando is a tough defensive team. Doesn't matter. Goes out 34 minutes, 62 fantasy points, right? The usage, 40% usage. He was 40% usage before the last game, you know, before he got hurt against Minnesota. Just an absolute beast. Uh, on the floor. So that is why everybody likes him because he's an amazing fantasy player and we're getting like, he's cheaper than an Embiid. He's cheaper than Trey. He should be $11,000 on the slate tonight. I think DraftKings dropped the ball. So that's why Luca is is so good on this one. Uh, Let's see here. Thoughts on Mitchell Robinson. So let's bring up little Mitch and what are we going to do with him? So he was 5,100 tonight and we like when he plays 25 minutes right and that was against Houston right who plays small ball so a a little worrisome on that why did he get all the blocks I did not watch this game but is it because he's just the tallest player on the court by like six inches maybe right that's probably not going to be the the case against Charlotte and what we know is Charlotte's just one nobody's playing Mitch right now and Charlotte's just uh like a slow team I don't I don't have a lot of love for mitchell robinson at least on DraftKings today right and in peyton's back too and you can see robinson let's see here he had a, he had two assists right so that's a little out of the ordinary. maybe he had a couple extra assists because peyton was off the floor um peyton can sort of do it all a little bit too so his rebounds were good i don't know robinson the Knicks in general tonight outside of randall in very specific situations uh this this would be my next player pool if I was MMA tonight. Literally just Randall, and I think you can literally possibly not even play a single next player tonight. So that'll give you my thoughts on the Knicks real quick. Um, people saying Luca isn't one hundred percent healthy, dude. If you if that's going to keep his ownership low, and as long as he's playing well, uh, I'm, I'm going to play play Luke, Luca. I'm not too really worried about it. Um, would you fade Luka to play Beal or do you think he'll decline now? So let's talk about Beal. He's got a nice matchup. And one of the things you sort of have to do with Beal is you got to see what's been going on in his past couple of games and understand some of these injury situations. And then you have to try to get into the mind of are they going to play Bradley Beal uh, a bajillion minutes every single game? Oh, I looked at the wrong thing. I don't want to look at that. I wanted to go down here to Washington. So. What happened in the last game? Uh, Bradley Beal, he gets to overtime and he plays 41 minutes. Basically he was the sole reason that they were able to keep this game close against Washington. And this was also, well, Giannis, you know, I think Giannis got into a little bit of foul trouble and wasn't allowed, you know, Giannis only played 24 minutes in this game. So you take off one of the best defenders and then Giannis doesn't even play in the OT right he's I think he fouled out of that game and doesn't play OT and Beal is able to just sort of go nuts and play a lot of minutes but we're basically at what 30 36 minutes there before OT we have Beal at 35 minutes so I think our minutes projection is pretty good um, it's against Brooklyn I always like to look at things right his usage over the past couple of games is really elevated to the 40% range. I don't know if that absolutely sticks, right? Look at this, 33, 27, and 28 field field goal attempts. Now, is this a change in their offense? Are they just giving him the ball all the time? Is it going to stick? Do they want to continue running him out for big minutes, right? When he was running all these minutes earlier in the year. And then he gets hurt for a couple of games, right? And this is what happens with Bradley Beal. If he continues to play 39 and 40 minutes a game, you know, he's shown over the, the length of his career he tends to get run down and gets hurt in those ones. So I think our 35-minute projection is probably pretty good. I don't think I'd give him too much more than that. I would certainly take Luka. Um, and if I play Beal, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more likely to, to make sure I have a guy like Dinwiddie or Lavert. Lavert, someone I, I would play Lavert straight up over Dinwiddie right now. His usage is high. He's playing great, very consistent. Um, you know, so if I'm if I'm playing Beal, I'm I'm probably going to play one of Dinwiddie or Lavert. I think you can make a case for Allen if you get on the good side of minutes and the good side of project, production. Right, Allen's a low owned tournament play that can get there. Um, but I, I would certainly play Luca over Beal as it stands right now. Um. If you got any more questions, guys, send them in. Uh, I don't want to spend hours and hours talking today's slate on a nine-game slate when we're going to get, you know, seven more injuries as the day progresses. Um, So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna call an end to this show here. So uh, while you're at it, guys, before you head on out of here, click the like button on YouTube. You don't get nothing's free today. I'm sorry, right? The the suits they wouldn't allow me to give you anything today, but if you click the like button. Uh, we really appreciate that behind the scenes. Don't forget, right, the Sharpside app. If you want to win free money while attempting to become a better sports better, you can do that on Sharpside. Click the lock. Uh, watch the shows later today. Our host will have a lock better the day for you. And uh, maybe you can start earning some cash. You got to get five in a row, right? And then after that, it's all gravy. You just start winning some money uh, day after day if you continue to ride the streak. And uh, we got the badge promo too on Roto Grinders too. So if you upload the RG logo, True DraftKings or FanDuel, place high in a tournament, uh, and you've already pre-filled out our little report, right? We will give you a month of Roto-Grinders Premium for free. You get to play in Lineup HQ. You get to use all the tools that we use every day here. Uh, Have some fun with that. Uh, Upload it. Uh, I'm hoping Devin will drop the link for you guys. Um, And and have some fun out there. Uh, All right, Embiid. Uh, Let's talk about Embiid. So he's going up against Philadelphia, right? Joel Embiid against Andre Drummond, who doesn't care, and Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love is a mismatch. I think Embiid is probably projected about right. I might even give him uh, an extra minute or two, right? So one of the things I always like to do, and I I talk about this um, when I have my coaching sessions, right, is you really have to – our projections team is very good, and our projections have been pretty lights out this year. But when I'm when I'm playing dudes in my lineup, or if you're just trying to sort of, hey, are the are, do I agree with the projections? Because you can disagree with the projections. I disagree with some projections all day long. I'm not on the projections team. They're great, but this is how you sort of make yourself different in NBA. Right? So let's go find Embiid. Where is the Philadelphia game? Uh, All right, so this was on a couple of days ago, and Embiid played 36 minutes, right, in a close game. We've got him at 32 minutes? Hmm. Maybe I'd give Embiid a couple more minutes if you're, uh, you know, maybe that gets bumped up to 33, but I think there's reasonable expectation in a close game, right? The Sixers are on the road too, right? So maybe this game's a little closer than you think. Um, I think it's pretty reasonable to give Embiid 33.5, right? If you want to middle it out a little bit, his projection starts really going through the roof there. The point per dollar gets up. Um, and these are ways, right? Make sure, you know, as good as our projections are, it's okay to have your own personal take on, on guys, right? So if I think Embiid's going to play more minutes, I'm going to give Embiid more minutes. And guess what? If I'm playing 150 lineups, I'm going to get more than everyone else at Rota Grinders because I just basically gave him 3 extra fantasy points. So check the rotations if you can come up with reasonable expl- explanations of to either boost or lower, you know, certain players' minutes particularly the high owned players, right? You can get an edge one way or another. So uh, a quick little tip If you're using lineup HQ to either make an optimal or to MME, these are things I do just about every day. I noticed I thought Embiid's minutes were short. Um, They're doing everything they can to win games. I'm expecting Embiid to be out there for a lot of minutes tonight, and I'm expecting him to to basically crush. Uh, That's going to do it for the pregame show today. Thanks to everybody for watching. Click the like button on your way out. I'm Britt, and we out you.